Well, here we are again, once again on the internet. I don't know what you guys are doing. You know, I like to pretend, like I like to imagine when I'm doing this, what people who are listening to it, not watching, but listening to it are doing. And these are the, this is the thought process that I have, right? You're either washing dishes, cleaning the house, or way too high. I mean, either of those scenarios works in this context. Uh, I say a lot of nonsense, which I'm sure would be very amusing to high people. But I also say a lot of stuff that can get you through your day. Stuff that's fun. Uh, who am I kidding? <laughs> I say all kinds of nonsense. Welcome to Fill My Home. My name is Phil Balabanos. Thank you for joining me on the show again. Today, unlike other days, <coughs> excuse me, I've decided that I have a very specific topic I want to talk about. Um, one might call it a very controversial topic. I don't know if it actually is controversial. It's just, so this, I'll get into it. This, I'll get into it, okay? Effectively, what started this idea in my head was a moment of pure white-hot rage uh, that occurred during the morning show yesterday. Uh, if you're not watching the morning show, Wednesdays and Fridays on Pantelis Comedy, we do a live from 10 to 12. So it's a morning talk show with some news. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can chat with us. You can interact with us. Come see us. Tell them Phil sent you. Uh, fuck, don't do what you want. Um, effectively, we're having this conversation about, I don't remember how it started. We were talking about vaccine mandates and the trucker convoy and all that stuff and how the government was trying to paint specific um, individuals, not groups, but individuals within groups which are within groups, which I think I spoke about a few weeks ago on this show that had some like radical thoughts, racist or whatever. I mean, these are individuals, not, not the whole movement. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I used as an example the BLM movement, like as an organization, and their co-founder who had made like a really nasty, really nasty fucking uh, quote. She had said something really horrible. I wonder if I can actually pull it up real fast if I still have it. I just use it as an example. I'm not trying to pick on the BLM movement or say it's the same thing. I just, I said, here's another organization that also did massive protests, more or less globally, uh, and it's an actual organization with a very, like, obvious structure because it's, uh, I think it's a nonprofit. I mean, it's, it's, it has a company structure, so there's a co-founder. Uh, her name is Yus, what's her name? Yusra Kogali. White pe this, is, this is her quote, okay? Like, this is the quote. White people are a recessive genetic defect and subhuman. Black people can literally wipe out the white race if we had the power to. Now, that, I'm not going to get into that, how fucked up that is as a statement. Um... And how it's effectively, I've said effectively a lot. I think I'm not using it right, but whatever. How that, okay, so this is what I'm trying to say. That quote, I won't go too deep into that quote itself, but as a quote and the, the connotations that it has and the intent that it shows, I would put it at the same level as some of the crazy shit the Nazis said about the Jews, the gypsies, about being uh, a superior race, all that weird fucking genetic superiority, which is non, it's complete and utter garbage. I mean, that was the Nazis. That was their thing, right? We are the Aryan race, right? Like this bullshit fake race that they made up. That, what she's saying, I mean, that's right on the level with that. If, if you're calling someone subhuman, you're calling yourself superior. So I don't know if somehow uh, she thinks that the entirety of people in the world who identify as black consider themselves to be some kind of weird ubermensch, um, but that's, that's a fucked up statement, right? So I, 
I make this statement, and I kind of say what I just said, but not in as much detail, right? I was, I was pretty fired up, so I, I don't know what I even fucking said. Um, and, and the chat, like, kind of exploded with a few comments that popped up about how, you know, a bunch of white guys... It wasn't directed at me specifically, but how a bunch of white guys are talking about the struggle of the black man, which is not what we were talking about at all. I mean, I am not going to tell you the struggle of the black man. I don't know the struggle of the black man, the black woman, the, the Asian person. I don't know their struggle firsthand. I've not experienced it firsthand. I have witnessed some really sketchy things in my life. Um, like I've been way too close to acts that I consider completely out of time in the sense that I can't believe they still happen today. And it makes me understand, I mean, to some extent, why so many people are still angry about it, right? But Poseidon, who was producing the show, said something. He said it as a throwaway comment, as a joke, but it sparked this whole other thing, right? He says, I'm not white, <laughs> I'm Greek, right? And people did not seem to agree with us. Uh, I even got a few comments after the show saying, like, you're basically white people. So I explained it there, and I'll, I'll do it again here. When I think of the term white, okay, or as I like to pronounce it, white, there's a very specific subsection of the global population that I'm thinking of, right? White Anglo-Saxon Protestants, people of Northern European ancestry, you know, um, France, England, uh, the Spanish not so much, even though they were conquerors, but still, like, I don't consider them as much because there's something else there too, right? Uh, and not because they're darker skinned, the Spaniards, because they live in the south and there's more sun, and also there was the, like, I don't know how many centuries of, like, Islamic rule, Arabs were there, so, I mean, genetically, they're a little bit less white than the northerners. The, the Scandinavian nations, even them, I don't consider them as white, even though they are whiter in appearance. But these are the people I consider white people. You know, uh, Americans, like, uh, not like Americans, like uh, ethnic Americans, who their families came in the last, let's say, 80 years. But people who came on the fucking Mayflower, those are white people. The Irish, white people. All these people are white people to me, right? So often at times, I use the term white synonymously with someone who I consider to be lacking in some sort of ethnic background or ethnic culture. Um, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that makes sense. So like, you know, I'll see someone put ketchup on a steak and I'll be like, fucking white people. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's the kind of thought process. Um, but the idea that there's white people and black people, I mean, obviously there are people with different color skin tones. I get that. I'm not stupid. And I had a really long conversation early on in this podcast with a guest, uh, Neldi. And we had, it was right after the George Floyd protests erupted and we, we had a, like a long, kind of uncomfortable conversation, right? And he brought up the concept of uh, black superiority. I, I may be paraphrasing that. He may not have called it that, but black privilege, that's what he called it. He called it black privilege. Sorry, that loud snap for those of you who are listening. I got excited. And the whole concept of it was crazy to me. And I was like, and I tried to explain my point of view to him at the time, which was, how do you go from don't treat us like we're not equal to you, which they have every right to, to ask and demand and fucking burn cities down for. I get it. That's why the civil rights movement happened. How do you go from we want to be equal, treat us the way we deserve because we are the same, to we are better than you. 
Like, how do you make that jump? And I guess it's not, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, obviously, but it's pretty obvious to see sociologically and psychologically how that happens. Because if you're marginalized hard enough, when you come around, that inferiority, or that inferiority complex that you've created will create a superiority complex. Like, I get it. I, I understand that. You see it happen often in marginalized ethnic communities. And I don't mean based on their skin tone, but like, I'll use myself as an example. When I was in high school, I was one of very few Greek people. Um, it was novel to the other kids in the school that I was Greek. It was weird to them. It was strange to them. The only Greeks they had ever seen were like working in kitchens and restaurants. You know, they had never had firsthand contact with a Greek person. Also, their idea of what a Greek immigrant person was, I did not fit that at all. So it was very confusing to them. And at times they treated me poorly because of it, right? Um, and because of that, I leaned harder into my cultural heritage and I was like, no, I'm, not only am I Greek, I'm super Greek now. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, it, it lasted for the, the length of high school, but it, it shaped a bit of who I am now. Obviously everything does. So the idea that like, Everyone is either white or black. I mean, first of all, what about everyone else who does not fall into those categories? Also, am I a white person? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Caucasoid. I'm Caucasian. I mean, the term's used wrong. It's actually Caucasoid, not Caucasian. Caucasian are people who live in the Caucasus. So I, I'm, I'm Caucasian. Sick. Um, I, I know that. I, I understand that. I'm not stupid. <laughs> but so are, like, North Africans, technically, and, like, Arabs. But they're not white, they're not considered white. None of us are actually white. We're not fucking the color of a KKK hood. So it's a weird thing. Like, I think more in terms of culture, ethnicity, your group, like in a tribal fashion. Uh, like, I won't ever refer to someone, unless I don't know, I mean, obviously, but someone I know, like, I won't be like, uh, check out those two black guys. I'd be like, if I know them, I'd be like, those two guys are those are two Haitian guys or two Senegalese guys. Like, I feel like Quebec does that. It creates this tribal thing. I don't know if it's worse or better, to be honest. And there are certain stereotypes about certain people from certain parts of the world that are 100% apt. Like I made this example on the morning show. You go into a future, uh, a future shop's gone, but you go into a Best Buy and there's an Algerian guy trying to sell you a TV. He's going to try and hustle you because that's his job. And culturally, that idea of bazaar, the we're going to make a deal, it's part of the culture. It's also part of the Greek culture and most Mediterranean cultures, right? You don't just accept the price and do it. Maybe today it's a bit different, but we still have this in our cultures. Um, so, like, you're going to try and barter with the guy. Not barter, but bargain with the guy. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. The, we the weird thing is, and I was trying to express on the morning show, and I don't know if it came off right, but the fact that I identify ethnic groups and cultural groups as individual and distinct from one another. I do this subconsciously, right? Like we all do to some extent. I'm just maybe more aware of it. I don't know. But the idea that I do that, you would think would make me a racist. It, when in fact, what it actually does is, and I've experienced this many times, I feel a kinship towards these other cultures because I see similarities in my own. And I use the example of basically anything that touches the Mediterranean basin, country-wise, those like those guys. Those are my 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 compatriots. You know, I f I feel that when I meet them, we share a lot of culture. There's a th thousands of years of of interfucking that happened, right? Like empires came and went, and we all lived under this, and then we all lived under that. And forget nation states and what you consider a modern nation state. Like who cares? That's not even important. I'm just talking about culturally. There was so much sharing happening for such a long period of time that obviously there's gonna be overlap, right? 
So like I have tons in common with you know North African Berbers and Arabs, culturally speaking. I don't mean me individually. Uh, I mean the Western Turks. We're not even going to get into it. Like they're Muslim Turkish-speaking Greek people, in my opinion. And I don't mean genetically. I just mean that's how I feel about them. The Balkans, uh, like those are my homies in the Balkans. Like we we've been through shit together and we've done bad things to each other together. Um, famously, Greeks and Italians feel a weird bond, which I've never fully understood, but I kind of feel it too. Um, and so on and so forth. The only time, like, here's an example of a Khwat person. I remember being at a party once with many Khwat people. Um, and it was like, it was waspy. It was just a waspy party. <laughs> and there was me, uh, one guy was from Ethiopia. This was during university years. One guy was from Ethiopia. Uh, there was uh, an Iraqi guy, a Lebanese guy, and one other Greek guy. And we all just kind of hung out with each other. And we're like, these fucking white people are weird. <laughs> this is the driest shit I've ever been to. Let's get the fuck out of here. And we went somewhere interesting. The idea that I know that these people, although they look completely different from me, if you compare me to the white people, some of them, like I share more with them. So I, I never understood the idea of like you see a color of skin and you, you jump on and you're like different, not me. Right, and I find it's a very Western concept. Uh, and I said that to someone the other day, they're like you're wrong. It, pe black people are subjugated around the world; they're discriminated against around the world, and so on and so forth. And, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I don't know how accurate it is today. Um, historically, yes, they're right. But at the same time, like every every group, every every creed, color has been subjugated, discriminated against, or sold into slavery at some point. Maybe not as systematically and as efficiently as the slave trade in the 19th century with Africans. But like, we're, we're monsters, all of us. We are fucking monsters. As a human race, we suck. So does it mean, oh, we're victims too? No, it doesn't. I'm just trying to say that I don't know how accurate that is today and I can't speak to it because I'm, I'm not black, right? But I also don't feel very white. I feel like a Greek guy. I just feel like a Greek dude. And to me, that's something else. It's something completely different. I mean, I've heard in Europe traveling uh, very racist things about Greeks. We have been called, like when the Europeans came, the Western, Northwestern Europeans came back into the Greek mainland, you know, after 400 years of being uh, a millet of the Ottoman Empire, they had created this weird fantasy that we were these like Aryan looking people, uh, blonde, blue eyed, and we only wore togas, and which is crazy because we're talking about thousands of years later. Um, and they showed up and they all kind of looked like me. <laughs> or like Poseidon or Pantelis or, I mean, my wife is blonde too, but like I'm just saying there's a lot of diversity in how we look. And they were like, oh, who are these people? These are, these are the Greek people? Oh, these people, they're a little darker and surlier than we would have liked. And there was a lot of racist sentiment. Like it was an, a massive anti-Hellenic movement that happened during the same time that Philhellenism was being born and they were trying to get Greece to... I mean, the whole Philhellenic movement, part of me doesn't really know if it was a real thing or if it was just uh, an excuse, like a reason to fucking just go after the Ottoman Empire and take away its European territories and start the Balkanization of the Balkans. I mean, it, it might have been a bit of both. So it's interesting, but like we were treated the way black people were treated in the South in like the 1920s. Speaking of the South in the 1920s, uh, for all the delicious food and amazing music, terrible time to probably be alive if it was me, right? Because the KKK, they did not like us Greek folk. It was Jews, uh, blacks, 
Jews and Greek people. For like 20 years in the U.S., they were all, like Greeks, Greek immigrants were on the list of the KKK. So to have suffered hand in hand together at, from, by the same enemy, the idea that now you just throw me into this group which you hate, which is a whole other issue that you've created this group, it seems crazy. I mean, are we making progress or are we just switching roles? Like, what are we doing? And that's always been my issue with the BLM movement because I don't understand if we're still fighting, to, all of us, I mean, collectively, for equality, that if you're human, you're human, or if we're now fighting for, you know, to, be, to switch roles. It, it's, it's confusing. It, it's confusing to me. I don't fully understand it. I've had this conversation many times with, with black people to use the term wrongly, but yeah, they, I mean, they, were, they had dark skin. And it always confused me because we would have, we'd come to an impasse, we'd argue about it, we'd talk about it, we'd try to figure out the other person's opinion. And in the end, neither of us could really answer the question. Because like, I asked them, like, do you hate me? Because I'm not black. They're like, fuck no. I'm like, they're like, do you hate me? I'm like, I don't fucking hate you. I barely know you. Why would I hate you? And it's a weird thing. It's a sad thing too. It truly is. Like, it's one of those things that, Part of me gets upset with myself for even having these kind of conversations because I'm like, so much has happened, I should shut the fuck up. But I don't think I should shut the fuck up. Same thing, and I'll use an, uh, a weird example, like the idea of like feminism and uh, equality amongst the sexes, right? I have two daughters. I plan to raise them, I mean, how I've been raising them, to be independent, to be intelligent, to be strong, and to not take shit from anyone, right? I know that the world... I mean, there may be equity in certain parts of society, but in general, women are treated differently than men. I'm not sure that's always a bad thing, but I don't think it's a good thing all the time either, right? There are instances where it can be negative. Um, but to ignore the difference between the sexes is kind of silly, but let's just ignore that for a second. Now, I told my wife the other day, I was wa we were watching something, I don't remember what it was, and it was about uh, how women struggle compared to men, right? It was, it was like a subplot in some show we were watching. A little tea here, hold on. So she says to me, you know, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Like, she's experienced. She's a woman, right? She's like, uh, it's crazy that my, my kids will have to go through this. And, and she goes, but we'll raise them properly so it can make a difference. And that's fine, right? That, that makes sense. But, and I told her in that moment, part of me is so sad that I don't have a son. Not because of legacy and because I want another little bro to bro down with, because I'm not very bro-y, to be honest. Like, I don't do typical man shit. Like I don't play sports. I don't, I'm not into sports. I don't like build stuff, you know. So the idea that I don't have a son and that makes me sad is because I think I was raised properly to respect all people, regardless of gender, creed, or color, right? I, I, I believe that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I believe that I'm a good person deep down in that sense. I'm a shit person in other senses, in other regards, I mean. So... The idea that I could raise a son to not only be as good as me, but better, means that there will be more men in society, more sons inheriting our society, who are not assholes, who are not toxic douchebags, right? And the fact that I can't now help in that regard, and that my daughter's society that they're going to inherit is still being pumped full of these assholes... That worries me. Now, would one, one man, one theoretical man who doesn't exist and probably never will because I'm pretty sure I'm done having kids because I'm so tired, would that one man make the difference? I don't know. I don't know. But the idea that I could raise 
a son properly and to not be an asshole, basically, and that I don't have that opportunity, it breaks my heart a little. Not to say that I don't love my daughters and I'm not happy at the, the people they're growing into and proud of them. That's not the issue. It's just that where we are right now, women are doing what they need to be doing. Men, for the most part, yes, but I feel like there's still a lot of men who are like, this is a non-issue. and Like, I still meet a lot of these old school guys and it, it always strikes me as very odd because I wasn't raised like that at all. Like, uh, my parents both worked. My dad did housework. My dad took care of us too. Like, there was no, it was like an equal partition of, of parenting. It wasn't like a, this is a mom's role and this is a dad's role. I'm guilty of being worse than my dad. Like a lot of the domestic stuff that happens at home, you know, like cooking and cleaning and that kind of stuff. I don't do that much of it. Not by design. Anna's just better at it than me. So I do what I can. I do what I'm better at. Like when we're eating junk food, uh, I mean, I take over, I cook. I have that greasy spoon background. And every time I do clean, she doesn't like the way I do it. So, I mean, <laughs> it just doubles the work. Am I a genius or just a bad cleaner? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, there's two sides to all of this, right? So the, the question is, and the question that came up yesterday is, what right do I have? Free, and we'll use both of these examples that I talked about, right? You know, uh, skin color, sex. As a white male, somehow society has deemed it fit that my opinion no longer matters. Because I had my turn. But the, the thing is, I never had my turn. I'm only 35 years old. I haven't really been out here doing that much for that long. So, like, isn't it also my turn? Like, don't, shouldn't we all have our turn together? And that's what confuses me. Uh, like, how did you decide as a society, uh, like, uh, as a common, like, what's the word? As a, collect as a collective subconscious, how did we decide it's okay that... A white male's opinion no longer matters, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's not the case. And I'm sure it isn't in a lot of instances. But for the most part online, anytime I get pulled into anything, it's like a white guy. I was like, oh, come on. Like, that's not... Like, I live in Quebec. I've experienced discrimination uh, as a Greek person, as an Anglophone, as an Allophone. And all of these things stem from nationalist sentiment, from... Quebec, trying to protect this culture, which, again, I understand 100%. I don't fault them for it. But to say that there isn't racism built into the system here is a lie. Is that racism directed at people whose skin is darker? No. That racism is directed at anyone who doesn't fit into that idea of what a Quebecois is, right? And I've seen it. Like, don't pretend to tell me it's not real. I have seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it in the public sector, I've seen it in the arts. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I've, I've witnessed it. I've experienced it firsthand. I've been on the receiving end of it. I will never forget. I'll give you one example. When I was at ACTSIS, which is the film union, I did my 101 course. And uh, it was in French, obviously. I mean, I speak French fluently. I have an accent, and I'm more comfortable in English or Greek, but I speak French fluently. I read it and write it. <laughs> Somebody asked me, Fuck, who cares? I'm not even going to play. Like, I'm not going to even wear kid gloves for this. The, the instructor asked me what I was doing there. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I want to work in the industry. They're like, wouldn't you be more comfortable in Ontario? I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, we're, we're literally having this conversation in French. He's like, uh, but why did you come to Quebec to do it? I go, I didn't come to Quebec to do it. I'm Quebecois. Like, I'm second generation Quebecois. What's it to you? And he's like, ah. Oh, okay. And he kind of chuckled. 
And he said, good luck in English. Good luck. And I was like, what an asshole. So, I mean, that's a big reason why I never did that route in my career. And I went into like private clients instead of going into big sets. Because when I was on sets, I mean, except for the American sets that had their like key core personnel that was American or English speaking, the rest of it was completely French. And, and it had that like, what are you doing here vibe about it? Uh, and I've spoken to a few people about it over the years. Some have agreed with me that I'm 100% right. Others have said that it was in my head. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I felt not included, but I was. I, I really don't know. Uh, but at the CLSC, like when I worked for the government, I never had that feeling. And like more or less everyone was Quebecois who worked. They're like Quebecois de laine, like de souche. So I don't know. I really don't know uh, why I did this episode, why I went down this rabbit hole. But I'm going to call it early today because I hear the doorbell ringing and that's my lunch. My name is Phil Balabanos. I hope you enjoyed this short episode of Fill My Hole. I hope it makes you think. Treat other people well. Balabanos.com if you need videos or you want to get in touch with me. And I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye. You've been listening to Fill My Hole. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com. Hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you next time.